Hey, good morning and welcome. Here I am coming to you uh, from home. Uh, yes, I have COVID. I have tested positive for it, which is very unfortunate. I've actually been away isolating from my family all week. Uh, wanted to be there with you this morning. Uh, I've got a message I want to share with you and uh, the only way I can do it now is to do it uh, remotely online. So I've recorded this for you uh, Saturday evening and uh, hopefully this message uh, helps you, inspires you. Uh, just pretend that you're in a mega church this morning. Just pretend that you're sitting in the overflow and uh, that you're watching us on the big screen. Well, you can pretend anyway. Anyway, fantastic that you're here and uh, we're in this little season on Up and Go and my heart is that as a church that we'd uh, get back and running up and running. You know, obviously over the last couple of years there's been pivots and there's been lockdowns and everything like that. And, uh, you know, who would have thought even today? Uh, here we are trying to do up and go, but it's all a little bit weird, uh, but no problem. What I want to look at is a passage in the Bible uh, from Mark chapter 6, and it's the day in the life of the disciples. You know, we sometimes think, would it be brilliant to be one of the disciples, to be there with Jesus, to experience the miracles, to pray for the sick, to be right there with him, to be able to touch him, pray with him, stand together with him. That would be an amazing. And uh, we think about that. But when I was reading through this passage, kind of 24 hours, I don't know whether any of you remember uh, the program 24, uh, with Jack Bauer, uh, this guy, this I'm not sure he's a spy, I can't remember what he was, but but he had to so solve the world's problems within 24 hours, whether it was a, a nuclear threat or the latest terrorist thing going on, and he had 24 hours, and the whole, the whole program uh, would revolve around 24 hours, and I want to look at 24 hours in, in the life of the disciples, but before we get into it, I want to look at the context. So uh, Mark chapter 6 verse 7, uh, we find that Jesus had sent the disciples out. He'd sent them out in twos. And he had given them authority. So verse 7, it says, Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over evil spirits. And verse 12, it says, They went out, preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed with oil many people who were ill and healed them. See here, they're out there. They're out there doing it. They're preaching. They're bringing the kingdom of God. And, and their ministry had, had begun. It's an up and go moment. It's Jesus saying, okay guys, you've got this. Let's go. Let's do it. And uh, if we jump forward a few verses to Mark chapter 6 verse 30, it says the, uh, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they'd done and taught. And they, they're coming back together. And, and they're excited. They've seen God move. You know, they, they're, they're there and they've got some stories. Oh, you know, I prayed for this guy and his, his hand grew back. It was amazing. Or, or you know, I prayed for this guy. He, he was demon-possessed, really weird. His eyes were popping out. He, you know, he spun his head around, vomited everywhere. And, and, and then he was set free and was in his bright, right mind. It was, it was amazing. And you can imagine them all coming together with their different stories. Jesus, guess what? This works. And uh, sort of cool stories going on. And, and, but there's another bit of information which Jesus is receiving. And see, as, as the, there's just the ch disciples come and, and they chatter about their, you know, their many successes that's going on, they're, they're excited. But there's also this news, if you read through uh, the previous uh, few verses, there's the news of John the Baptist that he's been beheaded uh, by King Herodias. And... Um, He's t 
you know, I think in life sometimes we have the, this this tension. There's two things going on in our head. We've got information flowing of, of the exciting things, of good things which are happening. And then you've also got some, you know, maybe some horrible news or some other things which are down in the background, which, which, which is not great. And, and the ability to, um, to sit in that tension and to continue to walk forward, even when you're, you know, you've got good news and you've got some bad news. And uh, that's, that's life. And with it, and I know people in our church and our congregation, you're walking through things and you're wrestling with things. There's things which is in the background which you go, how are we going to deal with this? What's going on? And you got other, you got other things which are, which are going great. You say, ah, my goodness, God is moving. There's miracles. There's goodness of God there. But it's a tension which we, we deal with. Next verse. And then, then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet, quiet place and get some rest. He says, don't you love that? Come with me. Quiet place. Get some rest. You just feel all the tension just, you know, calm down. It's going to be all right. Jesus is taking us away on a retreat. We're going to go somewhere nice. It's going to be all good. You know, they, had, they hadn't even had time to stop and eat. They'd been so busy doing the things of God, doing the ministry. So he says, hey, you know, I know a nice place. We'll, we'll head across to the other side of the lake. Uh, there's a nice little wood-fired pizza place. You know, the, the Roman occupation, the Italians had bought some good stuff. They brought pizza with them. We'll have a glass of wine. We'll, uh, we'll sit together. We'll chatter. We'll tell some... Uh, Pharisee and Sadducee jokes, we'll talk about those stories, uh, we'll talk memories of, of John the Baptist and, and what, what he did as the forerunner of Christ and, and, and his cousin, we'll, we'll tell some of those stories, we'll sit together and, and we'll have this time together just to relax, get by ourselves, take some time, get some solitude and, and catch up. So that's what they do and uh, they... They jump in the boat. The disciples go, brilliant. Let's go. Let's, let's head to a remote place. And as you read through that, they head to a place near Bethsaida. And when I was looking at this, it's also interesting that the place of Bethsaida wasn't under King Herod Antipas's jurisdiction. So the guy who just had um, John the Baptist beheaded. So Jesus was saying, you know, he'd heard the news and said, look, I just want to get out of town for a little bit. Just want to go to the, out, out of that jurisdiction and just spend some time with my disciples. And if uh, I think there's a map, um, you'll see up up there at the top there is, is where they're heading. So verse 32, so they went by them, away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. And they jump in the boat. You just imagine the boys, you know, they're, they're singing, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Uh, they're having fun. They're looking forward to this time together. They're on a roadie. They sit to the boat. Verse 33. But. But many who saw them leaving. Recognised them. And ran on foot from all the towns. And got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd. He had compassion on them. Because they were sheep. Were like sheep without a shepherd. So they get to the other side. And there's this, there's this large crowd. They've run around the side of the lake. And got there. 
You heard Benji Peter saying, oh, oh man, look, Jesus, let's just get back in the boat. Uh, let's get out of here. <laughs> let's get away from all these people. We're supposed to be having a break, having a rest. I can't believe these people have turned up. But uh, Jesus has compassion. And it's this, this Greek word, uh, which I probably pronounce absolutely terribly. But, but it means to, to be moved uh, to one's bowels. It's like that gut-wrenching compassion movement within you. It's, it's, it's deep emotion. And, and this deep emotion, this, this, this compassion, it overrules self-interest. And Jesus, he, he shelves his own plans and heads in a different direction because of this compassion. See, ministry, I think, has got to flow out of a genuine compassion for the people, a compassion for the crowd. If we're not moved with compassion, it becomes all too hard. If, you know, if we're just trying to do it, we're trying to do ministry to, to impress others or maybe make ourselves look good or try and remove our guilt or try and do, do something else. It comes a point where it becomes too hard, but if there's genuine heart for the cause, for the mission. See, here's the why. Here's the why they could do what they were doing. They had compassion. They had love for the people. See, it's all about people. that They, they were lost. They were sheep without a shepherd, and Jesus recognized that. And people matter. Lost people matter. People are so important. And what's the business that we're in? So Jesus began teaching them many things. Okay, so, so this, is, this, this is a long sermon. This is not your 3.20 minute, uh, <laughs> what we're doing this morning. This is, this is a long sermon. I'm thinking two to three hours, maybe even longer. They're sitting there teaching them. Uh, verse 35, by this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. Uh, Jesus, this is a remote place, he said. And it's already very late. Come on, Jesus, it's late. And not just late, late, it's very late. Send the people away. Come on, let's ditch these guys. Let's get out of, the, out of here. Send them away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something. That, let them go sort themselves out. The disciples are going, phew, ministry time's over. It's finished. Our responsibility is over. We can now order that pizza. We can go relax and do what we set out to do. Verse 37, but Jesus answered, you give them something to eat. And I think right here, Jesus takes on the responsibility, not just for their spiritual needs, but also their physical needs. See, hey, we're going to feed these people. I mean, Jesus knew what he was going to do. And they come back and say, hey, come on, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it them to eat? You know, and they're thinking, we just want to go and have pizza. You know, Judas, who was the treasurer, he's, he's probably, he's calculating and he's working out how much it's going to cost. So Jesus asked them, and, how many loaves do, do you have? Go and see. 
so that they, they split up and head out. You, know, you got any food? You got any food? What's going on? Anybody got any food here? That takes a bit of time and they find out they've got, they end up with five loaves and two fish. We read in one of the, in the other Gospels. This story appears in all the Gospels. But they, this little guy uh, with his packed lunch with his sardine sandwiches, with his mum has made them, and, and he brings these five loaves and two fish. Thomas, he's saying, man, doubt that's going to go very far. How do I feed these people? Five loaves, two fishes. It's, it's ridiculous. Jesus told them to make all the people sit down in groups of the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties and taking the loaves, the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he, he gave thanks and broke the loaves and he gave them to his disciples to, to distribute to the people. Also divided the two fish among them. They all ate and they were satisfied. See, Jesus, he, he uses what's available. But here we have, you know, it says there's 5,000 men. And we imagine that there's some women along in the crowd, maybe some kids. We're probably looking at a crowd anywhere between 10 to 20,000. And uh, I don't know whether you've ever tried to feed people before. You know, trying to feed 10 people is hard enough. Imagine 10,000 people. You know, it's not like a drive through at McDonald's or Uber Eats. Uh, you ring out your order. You know, Can we uh, have uh, 10,000 filet fish combos? Uh, it's going to take a while. Even... Miracle, handing it out, sitting down, feeding. It's going to take some time to feed 10,000 people. Here it is, it's late in the day. It's getting dark. People are sitting around. They said, ah. Oh. Finally, they'll feed the people. It's all done. All done and dusted. You go, all right, Jesus, we've fed the people. We're all good. We're all good. And then Jesus hands them a basket each. Basket for you, basket for you, basket for you. Here you go. Pack down time. You guys are on cleaner. <laughs> Who's ever been on pack down? Uh, and church events and stuff like that. And, you know, everybody else has gone home, uh, done the thing, and you're still sitting there, you know, putting the chairs back or, you know, picking up the rubbish, sorting things out. Oh my goodness. You go, ah, what are we doing? And, uh, but here they're, they're right in the middle of, of one of the most amazing miracles in the Bible people coming to Christ. They come back to Jesus, you know, can we go now? You know, we can, maybe, you know, maybe it's too late for the pizza, but we just get a late night cappuccino, a chai latte. <laughs> we, just, we can just hang out on the beach and just chill for a while. Would that be all right? Verse 45. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. <laughs> I love that. I mean, Mark is writing this gospel. It's like, immediately, right? Now. Not like, have a lie down, take a breather, we'll get into this later. It's like, get in the boat. He made them. It's like, come on, guys. In the boat. We're out of here. We're going. And uh, and Jesus, he, he says, go on ahead of them to Bethsaida. Well, he dismissed the crowd. And after leaving them, he went up the mountainside to pray. Here's classic Jesus. He's, he's going, he's seeking solitude. He needs, at this point, saying, the most important thing, my priority is, is to connect with my Father. So, so he heads up on the hill to pray and spend time. And he pulls an all-nighter. He's seeking the Father. He just needs to talk to him. Take some time. Verse 47. Later that night, the, the boat was in the middle of the lake. So here's the disciples. They were row, row, rowing the boat. And, and they, he was alone on the land. And he... And he saw the disciples straining at the, at the oars because the wind 
was a gangster. And this, this storm blows up on the lake and, and the disciples are in trouble. They're out in the middle of the lake thinking, what is going on? The, you know, the mumbling, you know, yeah, sign up for the ministry, sign up, sign up for the evangelism course, sign up for the internship, you know, you'll go places, what were we thinking, you know, you get to meet people, and, and here they are, they're finding, the, 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 even the winds against them, they're in the middle of the lake, and then Jesus, you know, he gets to go off, he gets to go up on the mountain by himself and pray, and here we are in the middle of the storm, you ever felt like that? And it says, shortly before dawn, uh, about three in the morning, Jesus comes. He's walking on the water. He's going for a stroll across the lake. I love the story. And uh, it says he was about to pass them by. And I'm going, what the heck? He was about to pass them by? You know, imagine, here they are in the storm. And there's Jesus. He's just strolling across the lake. He's, he's, he's passing them by. He's giving them the old way. Hey, boys, how you doing? When they saw him walking down the lake, they thought he was a ghost, and they cried out because, because they all saw him and were terrified. He immediately spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down, and they were completely amazed. For they did not understand about the loaves, and their hearts were hardened. And, and this is where I want to get to in, in, in this message this morning. See, they did not understand about the loaves. What what? What didn't they understand? What have they missed? And I've wrestled with this. You know, I think well, they didn't understand that Jesus would supply all their needs according to his riches, according to his glory. They didn't understand that he could feed the people simply, easily. They didn't understand that he was, he is the bread of life. He provides for them. See, we can be right in the middle of God's work and miss it. We can be right in the middle of what God is doing and our hearts can be hardened that we lose the compassion and it just gets hard and we become weary in well-doing and we wonder where's Jesus gone? He's just passed by. He's wandered by. We read through at the, at the end of the story in, in verse 53, when they crossed over the lake, they landed in Gennesaret and anchored. And as soon as, again, it's as soon as, it's not like a few hours later, they got out of the boat, the people recognized Jesus, and they ran through the whole area and carried those who were ill on mats to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he went, to villages, towns, and countryside, they placed those who were ill in the marketplace. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who were touched him were healed. He operates out of compassion as soon as they get out so what started off a, as a day of uh, come relax let's take some time out it ends up 24 hours <laughs> they're on the go they're serving they're ministering they're feeding they're hungry they didn't get a break but they were doing the, the things of God see whenever and wherever the kingdom of God is advancing, it's because of this willingness of people to put their hand up and their willingness to serve and give of themselves. And as a church, I want to encourage us that we need to continue to get up and keep going. 
I know over the last couple of years it's been slow down and stop and pause and you know and that's been appropriate but I want to stir you this morning to come on it's time to stir again it's time to get some up and go within you so you know when, when we think about revival about moves of God we kind of think that it's cost free that is you know there's times when God opens the windows of heaven and pulls out a giant can of revival spray and sprays it over the, the city and everything changes. Those God moments, it's like air freshener in the air and it all just happens. You know, you're, you're walking through pack and save, uh, getting your groceries and people fall down and, and repent in front of you. Well, as far as I've seen, it, it doesn't happen like that at all. You know, you think, you know, we get new revive spray. We'll spray it on those, uh, you know, those rebellious young people and <laughs> bring change or, or whatever. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. It's always, it's always on the back of people praying, of believing, of going, of standing up, of serving, of feeding the hungry, of God. And, and we got to get that spirit of compassion, that, that up and go upon us. You know, when I, when I, Personally, I, I look back over, over seasons in my life and when you're in the midst of what I would say moves of God, I don't think we ever recognize it because it often just seems like hard work. It's loving people, it's serving people. Uh, I remember in Christchurch, I was a youth pastor and a part of a, a church plant down there and, and it was an amazing time. Many young people got saved, come into the church and, and there was miraculous things happening. It was a season of God moving. But it's probably taken me, I don't know, 20 years to look back now and say, man, that was a great time. God moved. Uh, a season, I had a brilliant season in London at this church called Kensington Temple in the heart of London in Notting Hill, where I was youth pastor for three years. And again, it, it was a spirit of revival there. It, it was full on. Let me assure you, we're talking, you know, uh, I guess mega church, we're talking church of 12,000 people. We, uh, on staff, we were working six days a week. There was five services on a Sunday. I was out uh, most nights of the week with meetings. But again, it was exciting. It was a season of God moving. When I think back to the early days of, of primal youth church planting movement out, out of C3, again, the seasons of the goodness of God. God moved. Lives were changed. And I want us to look back and see where God moved, but I also want us to look forward. And I want us that our hearts would be softened and be filled with compassion again. And we remember about the loaves that God supplies and that he makes a way. And that he will make a way again and that our hearts would not become hardened to the things of God, but the goodness of God will us, and, and that he'd call us again, that come follow me, that up and go would be upon us, so that, you know, we would not grow weary, Galatians 6 verse 9, that we would not grow weary of well-doing, but at the proper time, you know, there is a proper time, there is a season where that we would reap the harvest, the things which God has for us. You know, I believe in, in, in our church that there is, there is a harvest, you know, I've been encouraged over the, the last few weeks just 
seeing trickles of salvation in our church, of people being saved. Uh, next Sunday, water baptisms. I'm so excited about water baptisms and just to see people go through the waters of baptism and make that declaration of faith. That we'd see God move amongst us. And, and I'm looking for people to be part of church, that we'd be cheerful givers. You know, I'm not calling you to do an all-nighter. We're not going to do that. You know, I, I, you know, I know in the media recently, you know, church has been in the spotlight around internships and things like that. And we're not wired like that as a church. I, I want us to be cheerful givers. I want us to operate that we do what we can do. Don't bother about what we can't do. It's just us. But also that there'd be something within us which would rise up and say, hey, let's do this. Let's do this well. That there would be a spirit of up and go, that there would be a spirit of faith, there would be a spirit which would take us forward. That we'd pray for people, that we'd anoint people with oil, that we'd pray for the sick and see them recover, that we would feed people, that we'd do what we'd do as we're called to church. You know, maybe even this morning that you, you, you feel like that Jesus has passed you by. Maybe you just need to call out to him, say, come on, Jesus, I need you in my boat. You jump in my boat. You be with me. And you reach out and, and pray and ask Jesus into your life. Hey, if I, I was there this morning, I, I, I would love to pray for you. Obviously, I can't. Uh, so I'm going to hand back right now. But I, I would encourage you, we've, as a church, we've also got these little uh, forms which say, count me in. And, uh, you know, we could hand out those and, and just ask you, if you want to commit to this church, just being part of it, um, I'd love everybody to do something in the church. We, we need more people involved. Let me be honest about that. Uh, people serving on the door, uh, people in the tech and kids church and hospitality, uh, every area. Uh, and, and it's time to gather people again. Come, let's do this together. Let's create great church. And let's believe God that our hearts would be soft before him and would do what he's called us to do. Let me pray and finish. Dear Lord, I thank you that you're a good God. Lord, I thank you that you love us so much that you sent your only son so that we may have life, Lord, and life more abundantly. Lord, I pray your blessing. Lord, I pray your purpose upon your people this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, have a brilliant Sunday. Uh, I'm really hoping to see you soon. Uh, next Sunday is going to be brilliant. Come, see you then. God bless.